wind wails a dirge on the oasis tonight. A white moon is riding the sky. And this is a time you sometimes can sight Chepita, whose ghost will not die. She came into Texas when just a young girl to escape Santa Ana's stern rule. And soon a cowboy had her head in a whirl. She followed her heart like a fool. He left her, of course, after having his fun. But she could not believe it was true. He robbed her of happiness and also her son without even saying adieu. The years passed away and Chapita saved face by running an inn by the road. Cowboys and gamblers would stop at her place where she offered them lodging and food. A riverboat gambler checked in there one day, his saddlebags bulging with gold. And later a young boy asked if he could stay. His face turned Chapita's world cold. My son, oh my son, cried her poor lonely heart, for she knew him at once as her own. But she said not a word, too long they'd been apart, for the youth to know this was his home. A murderer crept through the still Texas night. The gambler was killed for his gold. The young boy was gone by the chill morning light, and Chapita felt beaten and old. She was tried for the murder and sentenced to die, and still she would not place the blame. My son, oh my son, was her heart's anguished cry, for this was the murderer's name. They hanged her beneath the wide-spreading oak that shaded Nueces' dark flow. Too late for Chapita, the brave heart that broke, and her thin body swung to and fro. They buried her deep in the weed-tangled wild, but her spirit has never known peace. A mother who died for her murdering child, her wandering will never cease. She weeps and she sighs when the moon lights the sky. She wells when the norther blows cold. Poor restless ghost who is seen passing by as the night turns to day and grows old. The wind wells a dirge on oasis tonight. A white moon is riding the sky. And this is a time you sometimes can sight Chapita, whose ghost will not die. The Ballad of Chapita Rodriguez, the first woman to be hanged in Texas. Como estas to all you fly people out there in the hinterlands. It's Rock and Max, and we are cold kicking it live as we welcome you guys and girls back to season five here at Nightmares and Daydreams. Exciting times, Rock. Yeah. Season cinco in the casa. Max, it's kind of hard to believe, ain't it? Five seasons of fun and shenanigans, and we just keep on going and going. We're like that Energizer bunny. Just keep going and going, like you say. Well, time flies when you're having fun, Max. And we are, and so we keep on rocking and having a blast exploring the lore and telling the stories to all you amazing listeners and subscribers out there. And all you guys and gals are amazing. Mm -hmm. We thank you for your continued support and help in spreading the nightmares and daydream love, because I know you love us. 
They do. And speaking of that, gang, please keep on sharing our podcast because hands down, that is the best way to get us out there. And also, please keep on granting us that boon of the sacred and oh-so-important five-star review on whatever podcast you listen to us on. And, you know, Max, I think with that, we're done with housekeeping. Are we ready to move on? I was born ready, baby. That's the spirit. Party people, as always, we're going to be your guys as we walk the dusty trails, chupacabras-infested ranches, <laughs> and lechuza-laden trees in search of lost lore here at Nightmares and Daydreams. Rock and I are going to discuss... And we may even get around to debating all things legendary, paranormal, and monstrous. Mm-hmm. And it says here in my notes, fun. Fun. Fun, Max, as we always say is paramount in this world. But my man, do you want to know what's not funny? I have this strange feeling you're going to tell me. It's like I'm psychic. After five seasons, man, you're finally catching off. Focus, Rock. Okay, let me check my notes. <laughs> Rock, what's not funny? All right, us being a Texas-based podcast and not delving into some eclectic Texas lore. We're talking ghosts, monsters, legends, that sort of thing. Forgive us, Texas. Let's do it. Don't mess with Texas, baby. No, we're messing with Texas today. Living dangerously. Shifting gears, the opening poem, The Ballad of Chapita Rodriguez, it's pretty sad, man. It is. There's a lot of truth in the poem, unfair trial, the fact that her phantom is still sighted in and around San Patricio here in Texas. Yeah, uh, dude, she was given a raw deal and a super unfair trial. And she just might have been protecting her son. Her final words were, no soy culpable, which means I'm not guilty. She was also, as we said in the beginning, the first woman to be hanged in Texas. And wasn't she like 63 when she was hung? Yeah, man, a real threat to passing travelers. Right. And according to the lore, several people heard moans coming from her coffin right after the hanging. So her spirit was literally restless right off the bat. Stands to reason. As I said earlier, her ghost still sighted along the Nueces River to this day. That's crazy, man. You know, her trial was so bogus that in 1985, the Texas legislature passed a resolution stating that Chapita Rodriguez did not receive a fair trial. Show is sad. Yeah. And you know, Texas never goes back on an execution. But hey, <laughs> better late than never, I guess. I guess. You know, man, there are just so many phantoms from unjust or unlawful killings. True. Literally too many to name. All right, Rock, let's keep this train of Texas legends and myth rolling. All aboard! <laughs> What's our first destination, engineer? Destination unknown. Careful, Rock. Even though Jaws Gates is one of our biggest fans, we don't want any legal trouble. Destination truth. Playing with fire, Rock. Josh Gates is a gangster. <laughs> Well, he is a soulless ginger, so I reckon I better tread carefully. Speaking of soulless... Like that segue? Let's talk about the goat man. As I want to say, Maxie, ah, hell nah. Ain't nobody want to see Mr. Tumnus skulking around their house. But, you know, that said, we're here. So what you got for us, Max? You know our listeners and subscribers love them some hybrid creatures. They ask, we deliver. Okay, right. The goat man and... Actually, there are many different goat men throughout the U.S. and the world, for that matter. All right, man. So I imagine you're talking about the Texas goat man. Nah, man. I'm talking about the Maryland goat man. <laughs> okay. Or better yet, the Kentucky goat man. All right. All right, smartass. Keep on talking then. I'm talking about the Texas goat man. 
that monstrous white-furred scaly menace that first appeared in Fort Worth, Texas in the summer of 69. Man, that song's a jam sandwich. I got my first real six-string. <laughs> Bought it at the five and done. I saw my first real goat, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, keep on moving. Okay. <laughs> Settle down, everybody. All right. Hold on, baby. <laughs> Hold on. Did you say white-furred and scaled? Like the saying had both fur and scales. Yes, I did. In fact, Jim Mars, who worked for the Fort Worth Star-Telegram and was pretty well known for his books on JFK, wrote this headline, Fishy Man-Goat Terrifies Couples Parked at Lake Worth. Stop the press! Dude, that's a hellacious byline. I bet they sold a lot of papers that day. Okay, Max, so you've already said this creature has white fur and scales. Give us the details on the first encounter. It seems like some young couples were parked at the local makeout point, and this uh, monster harassed them. Tale as old as time. Word. I feel like every good wild man or hairy humanoid story starts at the local lover's lane. According to Hollywood, at least. Continue on, good sir. So like I said, this happened in, I believe it was July of 1969. Literally, according to the witnesses, at the stroke of midnight. Goatman has good timing. Local resident John Reichardt, his wife, and two other couples hauled ass over to the police station and let the surprised officers know that creatures literally out of a nightmare came roaring out of the surrounding woods, jumped on the hood of Reichardt's car, and even tried to pull his wife out of the car before it fled, howling back into the darkness. Did the cops tell them kids to lay off the wacky tabacky and stop wasting their time? <laughs> I imagine they might have, except for the deep, two-foot-long scratch on the side of Reichardt's car. Evidence, baby. I mean, I mean, there's no way a dude is going to damage his own car to, like, perpetuate a hoax. So the cops took that into account when they heard his story, the damage to his car. Also, the kids were all genuinely scared. And finally... The cops had been clandestinely investigating reports about this very thing from local kids that a beast had been sighted around the area for actually several months before this. Damn! Goatman was causing all sorts of chaos, as any loyal servant of Dionysus should. <laughs> okay, man, so how big was this thing, Max? I'm getting serious sheep-squatch vibes here, like seven, eight-foot tall, curving ram's horns, massive hooves, sharp teeth, red glowing eyes, covered in pristine white wool. Sheep-squatch. That's hilarious. Do this for real, Max. Mess not with sheep-squatch. It's got a vicious streak a mile wide. Uh, you just have to bring him little cakes like Ember on the magicians. <laughs> so again, the reports vary. Some swore the Goatman, or Lake Worth Monster, as he's sometimes called, had white fur and scales. Other witnesses claimed his fur was dark. And of course, there were the obligatory horns on the creature's head. Well, he is a goat man. Indeed. But uh, so white furred and scaled is the way to go if you're trying to cause panic. <laughs> don't know what to look for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you wouldn't freak out if you saw a dark furred bipedal <laughs> satyr-like creature roaming out in the woods, Hey, especially if he jumped on your car. Hey, man, y'all already know. We talk about this a lot, but I do not want to see any cryptids or creatures. Hell nah. In short, Max, I would probably freak the hell out. Well, the locals freaked out as well, because literally 24 hours from the first sighting, the following midnight, 
More witnesses saw the creature around Lake Worth Nature Center. And the guy that saw it snapped a picture of it with his camera. Photo evidence, baby. Not really. The flash failed to work, coincidentally. Aw. Dude, equipment malfunctions happen a lot when folks try to take pics of cryptids, ghosts, you know, that sort of thing. Like fully charged batteries go dead, lights won't work. It's kind of a common occurrence. So, you know, I guess not a huge surprise. So get this. Not long after that, a posse goes out after the goat man. A possum? (laughs) All right. (laughs) No, dude. A posse. A posse. Oh, hell. Were they armed and on horseback, going in a whomping and a whooping? It's Texas, right? I'd say they were armed for sure. No horses that I know about, though. Got it. An armed possum went after the Lake Worth goat man. It's an awesome possum. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it was. All right. So a group of (laughs) locals flush out the goat man. Quick question. How many people were in this posse? Well, according to the records, something like three dozen people, and they were on foot. Damn. And so they flushed out the goat man, actually, and are chasing it through the area that leads to a small bluff. Dude, they're all Frankenstein mob style. I wonder if they had torches and pitchforks. Pitchforks, They better have some torches, man. Apparently... Goatman wasn't going to go out like that. So he charged to the top of the bluff and he grabbed some random car or truck tire that was lying about, you know, just because they're all there as you have out in the wilderness and <laughs> hurled it at the oncoming posse Dang. who all screamed and scattered to the four winds. Like literally, they just were like, hey, let's go home. Those fools didn't want none from the goat, man. And that's funny. The posse's all like, we got him, corner. Get ready, boys. Think of the children. And he throws an old tire at them, <laughs> and they do a Monty Python, run away, run away. I love it, dude. <laughs> the brave Sir Robin. Yeah, they mm-hmm. turned tail and ran real quick. Yo, things get real when automotive parts are flying through the air. Were there any other sightings? Tons, man. So the locals thought the goat man made a lair for himself on Greer Island, which is in the area. Also during this time, there were a lot of animal mutilations in the area, dogs, cats, that sort of thing. You know, the unfortunate killing of local pets or other small animals is another hallmark of goat man activity. Whether you're in Texas, Kentucky, Maryland, wherever, that bit of lore does go hand in hand in regards to goat man sightings. I mean, you know, goats will eat anything. Yeah, they will. Speaking of sightings, there are actually other locations in Texas where other goat men were seen. Denton, White Rock Lake, even Waco, which is only a couple hours from here. Road trip. I ain't going to Waco to fight no goat man, Max. Just saying. Well, one of our lovely listeners, Victor, who used to live out in Weberville, just east of Austin, claims to have seen one there, so... Doesn't have to be a long road trip. We're going to go check it out. We'll get back to you, listeners. Victor, I don't know who you are, but I'm not going to your house to fight no goat man, okay? (laughs) (laughs) You ain't chicken, are you? Chicken is as chicken does, Maxie. And you know, both of those places, you know, Waco, they're not very far from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So who knew Dallas was a goat man hotspot? Must be the nice local climate and, you know, solid barbecue joints. (laughs) So what's your take on the goat man, actually? Some legends claim he was summoned by devil worshippers in the area, like he came through a portal or something. Mm. Other theories are that he's some sort of escaped science experiment, like this chimera created in a lab. Thoughts? 
All right, man. My theory is that Mr. Tumnus lives, baby. <laughs> All right. Serious, though. <laughs> All right. Dude, you know, I've always believed where there's smoke, there's fire. And these sorts of cryptids, you know, these satyr-like creatures that resemble the Greek god Pan, have seemingly been around forever. And who's to say, man, maybe they've been part of the local ecosystem since the ancient world. I mean, there are goats and there are men in this world. Why not goat men? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing logic there, Rock. According to that logic, the world would be full of half-man, half-beast chimera-type creatures. And it very well could be, Max. I mean, we can doubt and be skeptical like all we'd like. But folks saw and continue to see goat men to this day. Holler at your boys at nightmarespodcast.net. We'd love to hear y'all stories. We'd love to add any goat man sightings to our next batch of listeners' tales. Indeed, the audience that shares together is scared together. Nice. I actually like that. Yeah? Like that? Ready for a story? Always. The Goatman Legend, a disturbing tale of perversion and murder, originated during the late 19th century when the area around present-day Lake Waco housed numerous farms and homesteads. One farmer was said to be a lonely, drunken sinner who violated the laws of both man and God. One day, as his life had moved far beyond the bounds of all common decency, he discovered that one of his goats had given birth to a horribly deformed abomination resembling a cross between man and goat. Terrified at both what he had done and seen, the drunkard fetched an axe from his barn and slaughtered the unholy creature. That evening, when no one was around, he buried its carcass in the black soil. The following morning, however, the beast's shallow grave was open and empty. The newborn creature was nowhere to be seen. Legend says heaven rejected the innocent creature because it resembled the offspring of Satan, being both man and goat. The creature returned to the living world to seek vengeance on its drunken father. As time passed, the goat man began attacking any man because he believed all men to be as wicked as his father. Now the goat man devours men who cross his path as he wanders the shores of Lake Waco and the Bosque and Brazos River, most often seen in Cameron Park. From Cotton Bales, Goat Men and Witches, Legends from the Heart of Texas, by Bradley T. Turner. So in that story, the goat man is the result of an unholy coupling of man and farm animal. You can love your animals, people. Just don't love your animals, people. Know what we're saying? Very reminiscent of the legend of the Minotaur, right? Yeah. With Queen Pasiphae falling in love with the Cretan bull and the Minotaur being the result of that union. Well, Poseidon made her fall in love with the bull after King Minos didn't sacrifice the bull to Poseidon as the king said he would. And you can't fight the magic of the god of the ocean, Maxi. Honestly, Minos is lucky that Poseidon didn't release the Kraken as he did in the oh-so-classic 1981 film, Clash of the Titans. Rock, need I remind you, Texas Legends of Monsters. <laughs> I was just pointing out the similarities. Shall we move on? <laughs> 
Or, Max, I could just do a much-needed movie review for Clash of the Titans. <laughs> and I'm not talking about the horrible 2010 version. Dude, please don't review a movie that's 40 years old again. <laughs> Besides, I think you might have done that one already, actually. Let's move on. Man, you're all about business on this episode. It's a new season. Turning over a new leaf. <laughs> I am right. All right. Okay. So what's the next stop on this journey through myth and legend of the Lone Star State? Well, we're just going to dip our toes in the dark waters for a minute, Max. I don't want to do that. And let me ask you which term you prefer when a person mentions upright walking canines. Oh, hell. You prefer dog man or werewolf? Now we're getting into the nitty gritty, baby. Again, dog man or werewolf? Werewolf? Werewolf. Yeah, you like that? <laughs> Mel Brooks rules. Happy birthday, good sir. Absolutely. Happy birthday, Mel Brooks. I think you just turned like 96 or so and still going strong. Okay. So, dog man or werewolf? Hmm. I mean, I feel like werewolf has the a whole hell of a lot of baggage with it. Mm, yeah, I can it's see also that. a classic. I mm -hmm. mean, I don't know. You tell someone you saw a werewolf, they're going to think you're a few sandwiches short of a picnic. <laughs> Dude, Dogman does have less weight, I guess. You know, though the term is becoming more and more well-known, thanks at least initially to Linda Godfrey, who I believe coined the term Dogman. Yeah, we know she named the Beast of Bray Road, and her books on Dogman and werewolves are great. Yep. Tons of firsthand accounts. Love those books. Ditto, man. Beast of Bray Road. What a great name. Totally. So Dark Waters is another paranormal gangster who has loads of Dogman stories. Check out his channel on YouTube or go Google his website, y'all. We love his channel here. Dude is a great storyteller as well as having some amazing and truly frightening stories on cryptids, spiritual warfare, ghosts, vampires, all that. So check it out. All right, Rock. So you're going to drop some Texas werewolf sightings? Or Texas dogman sightings. So is there a differentiation between the two? I mean, you know, that's a damn good question. I think the term is pretty interchangeable, honestly. How so? Well, most folks who encounter a dogman mention the fact that it, quote, looks like a werewolf or a giant wolf on all fours that can miraculously go up on two legs after witnesses hear bones popping. So theoretically, this is the dogman rearranging his rear legs for bipedal use. Like we say, oh, hell no. All dire wolves from Game of Thrones. Okay, so if you encountered one, what name would you use? Uh, dogman, dude. Easily. Like you said, less baggage. All right, man, so let's get into some good old Texas dogman tales. You ready? Dogman? Werewolf? Let's do it. All right, so in 1996, in the small burg of Paradise, Texas. Where's Paradise, exactly? Never heard of it. Well, it's pretty close to the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, hey, could have been a goat man, right? <laughs> All right, back to the story. So this was in September of 96. Picture it, Maxie. Britpop is surging with the Oasis and Blur feud raging, <laughs> and grunge, unfortunately, is breathing its last breath. Live throwing copper is tearing up the charts. Okay, and this is relevant because... Space Jam, Independence Day, and Beavis and Butthead Do America are all number one movies at the box office. You're really making me hate 1996 right about now. <laughs> I'm just trying to set the scene, my man. 
So on this day, a local rancher by the name of Walter is heading out in the early morning hours to tend to his cattle that all grazed on a large patch of land on the back of his property. So he's just walking back there, thinking this is business as usual, only to find one of his prized cows had been killed. Nay, shall I say, slaughtered the previous night. Damn. And y'all, this poor animal was literally torn apart. The back legs were missing, completely gone. Looks like whatever did that took a to-go plate. (laughs) It is a tradition in Texas barbecue. All right, man. So this cow's head was nearly torn off. It was disemboweled. I mean, the poor creature was savaged by some unknown, extremely powerful predator. One that Walter, having been in the area for years, had never come across. Did he have, like, trail cams around his ranch? Max, this was sweet, sweet 1996. Walter was still probably mastering the achy breaky and bragging about the Dallas Cowboys winning another Super Bowl. <laughs> long time ago. He didn't have time for no fancy trail cams. That was a long time ago. But he did call the local cops, who were kind of at a loss, and they basically just told him, yo, you're going to have to guard your cattle better, and that this might have been the result of attack of some sort of big cat. Yeah, because we have lions in Texas. Yeah. So he's pissed, gang. So this rancher has just lost one of his prized cattle, and that costs money. So he decides he's going to post a blind up on his property, get out his highest caliber rifle, pop a night vision scope on it, and see if he can see the beast that did this will come back to his property, you know, for like another turn at another cow. So he's going to wait for it. All right. So was Walter alone? Of course he was alone. This is Texas, how we roll. (laughs) Would you have gone alone? Hell no. You know that already, man. I get one of those posses you were talking about earlier. (laughs) I'm just saying. You know how I love gatherings, all right? (laughs) This is Texas. (laughs) You know how I love gatherings. Yeah, that's what I thought. All right, Max, we've had this discussion, dude. You're talking noise. Ain't no heroes here, baby. Uh, I'm not one. Okay, so Walter's all Rambo style, Max. He has his face painted black, probably scanning the field with his night scope, maybe having some whiskey to keep warm, listening to Tim McGraw and a Sony Walkman. But he doesn't see anything on the first three nights of his vigil. But on the fourth night, that's when he spots it. Okay, I'm getting nervous. You should be, son. This is literally like four hours from Austin. Okay, so he's scanning with his night scope, and he is hit with this wave of wrongness and fear as he spots this massive figure, hairy, but with like the body of a super jacked bodybuilder, just just swole, son, (laughs) walking on two legs across his property. So we... thinking Bigfoot? Or was that what he was thinking, maybe? Let let me finish, my man. The head on this thing, the face, muzzle, ears, was that of a large wolf. Did he take the shot? The thought didn't even cross his mind. He just knew that the gun wouldn't work. So he just watched, man, literally shaking with fear as this creature, this dog man, strides across his property and vanishes into the wooded area that bordered his land. See? That's why you got to always pack the blessed silver bullets, you know, just in case, mm-hmm. even though you claim it's a Hollywood legend. <laughs> and he poured in a storm, like I say, but the story doesn't end here, y'all. So the next day, Walter was looking around the area where he first saw this dog man, only to discover a stone carved in the head, like carved in the likeness of this fanged creature, huh. very wolf-like. And he had walked this piece of land hundreds of times. He had never seen this stone before. Dude, that's crazy. So we're thinking some sort of summoning may have occurred? Well, that's what he thought, man. Walter was positive that some sort of practitioners of dark magic had used his backfield in some sort of ancient ritual 
to kind of summon a killing machine from another world that he's sure is still causing mayhem today. I mean, yeah, that's crazy. Did he lose any more cattle? Nope, thankfully. That was the one and only attack on his property. And you know, that's one of the things in some of the firsthand accounts in Linda Godfrey's books. Like experienced hunters seeing these creatures and just knowing that their gun would be useless. It's just interesting how common that is. Yeah, you see this creature of legend right in front of you, just flexing on you, letting you know, hey, yo, whatever you're packing, it ain't enough. You know, Max, but that said, do you want to know what almost always gets a reaction from dogmen? What's that? So it's not really a person taking out their gun. It's when a person takes out their camera, you know, to take a pic that they tend to react, either by growling really aggressively at them or bolting off into the forest or woods, or get this, by sending them some sort of telepathic message, letting them know that if they take that picture, the dog man's going to hunt them down and kill them. So according to Linda Godfrey, tons of different witnesses have reported that same thing, something along the lines that I got a distinct message that if I took that picture, I was going to be in trouble. Damn, son. All telepaths and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Letting witnesses know to keep their mouths shut. You ain't lying, man. So, according to Dark Waters, if you're going to tangle with a dogman and dare take a shot at one, you need to move at least 200 miles away. Otherwise, they're going to come from you. Like, kill your pets, tear down your fence, just make you regret ever seeing one. People take pictures, end up in ditches. <laughs> that didn't really work. <laughs> yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> All right. That's pretty bad. <laughs> you're going to take pictures, you're going to end up in ditches. You know, like, that's a... That could work. <laughs> take pictures. Luca Brazzi sleeps in the All ditches. Right. <laughs> but seriously, that's some wise advice. The moving. Get away. All right, you ready for another Texas tall tale? Let's do it, baby. Now, this happened in Orange, Texas in 1933. Solomon, a young man, and several of his friends were out fishing near a small stream. After exploring the woods earlier and finding a nice spot to fish, the boys all sat down in the shade and began to dig into the lunches each had brought before they began fishing. Solomon was the first to get that eerie feeling that something was wrong, that they were being watched and watched closely. Soon, his friends felt it as well, and the boys all stopped eating and began scanning the area. It turns out they were wise to listen to that sixth sense. Across the stream, near a dense thicket of trees, the boys saw that massive and monstrous head of a huge wolf-like creature, and it was staring right at them. When the beast realized it had been spotted, it tore out of the trees to prowl along the edge of the stream. The boys were amazed at the sheer size of the beast. They say it was around 10 feet long and muscular to the extreme, with oversized legs and massive jaws. The beast glared at them from across the stream, prowling and growling at them. The boys, clearly frightened and seemingly glued to the spot, were watching this monster watch them when the beast abruptly sat down in front of them across the stream. According to Solomon, the monster's body began to vibrate in a way that Solomon described as wrong and horrible. And at the same time, the beast's body became covered in a green mist that rose from beneath it. 
At this point, the monster's body changed and the boys watched in horror and awe as it stood up on two legs and the front paws were now human-like hands with claws on the end. Solomon and his friends claimed the wolf man was at least 10 feet tall now. The creature seemed to relish the boys' fear as it stared at them only to issue a last low growl before it darted back into the trees, never to be seen again. Solomon has no doubt he and his friend witnessed a genuine werewolf that day, one with the ability to travel the wooded areas both like a man and the animals. The young man and his friends stayed well away from that neck of the woods for many years after. From Monsters of Texas by Nick Redfern and Ken Gerhardt. Okay, the green mist? What the hell was that about? You know, most witnesses that see a dogman go from four legs to two legs hear bones cracking and rearranging as the creature stands up. This is the first time I've ever heard of a green mist being associated with the transformation. You? Same here. Obviously, some sort of magic took place. You know, the mist came from the ground under the beast. Something. Could it have come from the earth itself? Like Mother Earth helping this creature change? Like maybe this dog man was some sort of guardian of the earth, charged with watching over the forest where Solomon and his friends were fishing, maybe. I mean, this could explain why it didn't cross the shallow stream to attack the boys. It was just reminding them to recycle. <laughs> or, we've heard of this, evil creatures can't cross running water. You know, I've never heard of werewolves being hampered by running water, but vampires and other nasty spirits, yeah. But hey, man, who knows? I mean, whatever it was, and whatever its agenda was, I'm glad Solomon and his friends got away safely. Ditto. So question, are there many reported dogman attacks? Well, according to Linda Godfrey, there has never been any corroborated attacks on witnesses. Just telepathic messages threatening them. <laughs> yeah, you know, but our boy Dark Waters has some stories from eyewitnesses that claim some pretty harrowing and deadly encounters. So, dude, the tide could be shifting. I mean, Max, as we know, tons of people go missing each year in our national forest. And, you know, just forested areas in general, like people are just gone. Yeah, the Missing 411 series by David Polides, super interesting and disturbing. Dude, don't even get me started on the Missing 411 series. You know, something is taking people. And some folks think the dogmen could be one of the culprits. So be safe in the woods, y'all. Nature is for real. And with that last bit of lore, we are done, gang. Thanks for hanging out with your boys. Rock asked before, and I'm going to ask again. If you haven't, please head on over to whatever podcatcher you listen to us on and grant us the boon of that five-star review. Or do one better and take the minute to write a review, y'all. And as always, man, like we said earlier, sharing our podcast is the best way to get us out there and support the show. It is much appreciated. Head on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash nightmarespodcast. Tiers start at a buck a month, and we'll continually add new content. Max's myths, Rox's relaxing reads. They're not really relaxing, actually. They're scary. They're scary. Super scary, y'all. Bad dream time. Don't be scared. <laughs> For folks' sake and additional exclusive episodes. Y'all can also head over to buymeacoffee.com and search Nightmares Podcast for a delicious and invigorating one-time donation. Believe me, gang, that coffee keeps us revved up for those late-night editing sessions. Speaking of editing, the best bard in the business, Teresa Joy, 
gives us that amazing sound and music that so many of you have commented on. Find and follow her at Viobright, that's at V-I-O-B-R-I-T-E on Facebook and Instagram. And follow us on all the socials, Facebook, the Gram, Twitter, all that. So quit playing and holler at your boys. And finally, check out our own damn website at nightmarespodcast.net. Yeah. Like Rock said, we'd love to hear from you. So, ladies and gentlemen, as always, be good to each other and sweet dreams. 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 Sweet dreams.